0: This installment opens with Jimmy Dean Keen preparing pasta for his friends, Caroline Abergidry and Professor Cole Bowden. Oh shit, I forgot how long this has been boiling. Oh, um, here. He scoops a noodle out of the pot with a slotted spoon, holds it out for Cole. Uh, Sure. Yeah, that's really, um, the word. Arrivederci. (laughs) Great. Jimmy turns the heat off, removes the pot of pasta from it. He's got oven mitts on that are in the shape of crawfish. He pours the pot into the pasta strainer that's in the sink to drain the water, shakes the strainer that's full of pasta, Al dente, I think that's what I meant to say. <laughs> I only know that because of the pasta commercials. I did not have an Italian grandmother. I'm not going to correct you. I think that would be kind of hypocritical coming from me. I didn't have an Italian grandma either. Cole pointedly looks at him. Jimmy already realized he said something stupid. And now he knows for sure, but he was already on the way to salvaging it. She, um, died when I was little. And my Italian mom, the first and former Mrs. Keen, wasn't really interested in becoming an Italian mom, so... (laughs) That whole side of the family was just like, okay, good luck. And then I figured out what I figured out from my dad. And Darla came along when I was older, so I didn't really learn a lot of Cajun cooking either. She does them um, crawfish boils, and she's fixing to get some going this spring. Oh, yes, it's crawfish season. Right, so I ought to invite you guys whenever she's doing some of that shit. We can drive out to Iberia if you want. Oh, yeah, that's just what I want. <laughs> Jimmy smacks him with a crawfish glove playfully. Oh, I'd appreciate that, actually. I love me. Crawfish ball. I might go. But. All right. Cole, ironically, puts his hands up in a defensive manner. As though he's preparing for more blows. I know. I know. I don't really like crawfish. What? I know! I know. But I don't. Because I know, in an abstract sense, where they've been. Are well, they're swamp lobsters. Yes. And lobsters are the cockroaches of the sea. So, crawfish are cockroaches of the swamp. Mmm. Yeah, delicious. I Love that. Plus, you have to pluck the shit vein out of them. What? Cole looks at Jimmy again. Jimmy is very clearly experiencing this information for the very first time. He looks horrified. Oh, you know what? That don't bother me none. I've just been eating them with the rest of it the whole rest of the time. I mean, you gotta suck it out by the head from the first place. Jimmy doesn't entirely know what they're talking about. He looks like a deer in the headlights. Tinges of mild disgust creeping in on the edges of his expression. The conversation somehow gets even weirder because Caroline, who is working on whatever cocktail of the evening, feels emboldened to add I got a cousin always says that she glances down into her drink. Her expression is mischievous. You can tell by who eats them things whole, <laughs> who eats ass. <laughs> 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 Cole has to gather himself. The metaphorical deer in the headlights that was Jimmy's expression gets hit full on by that 18-wheeler of her statement, and his face speed runs through surprise, mild shock, horror, and then delight. <sighs> All right, this is gonna make for a really great family dinner. Sitting around the table, sucking things out by the head, and eating ass. (laughs) I like every good family dinner. (laughs) Cole just removes himself to the other room temporarily. That's amazing. Jimmy's stirring something in a bowl. I really gotta meet your family, cause they sound like a good time. Oh, well. <sighs> mm, yeah, about that. <laughs> Jimmy walks over to the living room door to check on Cole. Hey, where'd you go? It's time to eat ass. <laughs> if you insist... Cole comes shuffling back in. It's obviously been laughing, but there's also tear streaks at the corners of his eyes that he's wiping at. He laughed so hard and was also so deeply embarrassed that actual tears came to his eyes. I'm starving. Good, because... Jimmy holds out the bowl of sauce that he'd been whisking, and it actually smells delightful. (laughs) It has nothing to do with feces or anuses or anything like that. It's actually the delightful odor of fresh basil and parmesan with a little olive oil. So, I got the Canseco family pesto recipe. Really? How'd you do that? So I hooked the owner's son up with a decent car. And then I also introduced him to a guy that can fix it for him on the cheap forever. So, this was part of my commission. Okay. And remember, I can do the same for you. Okay, but I don't need another car. And I don't really have a family recipe to provide you. Are you sure? Because... Nah, you know I wouldn't even ask you for that. Just let me come over and hang out with Dr. Gill and Dr. Claire. Jimmy, my dad isn't actually a PhD. What? I thought he was. Yes, everybody thinks that, because my mom has a PhD. Even people that have known them for years and are intimately equated with both of their curriculum vitae constantly make that mistake. It's a topic of conversation. Not infrequently. Huh. I swear! Your dad had a doctorate too. Uh, My bad. So Jimmy's mixing up his pesto pasta. He serves a little bit to everybody. And he's also prepared some grilled sausage links. Hey, what's a little rats between friends? (laughs) Cole had missed that joke. He's clearly wondering, but doesn't want to ask. Jimmy goes right on ahead anyway, as he's pulling out his chair, sitting down at the table. Okay, so, between eating ass and eating rats, which would you prefer? Well, I've already eaten one of those things, so... Caroline's hiding her mouth behind her hand. Knowingly, right. I think I might have eaten both of those things, but one I knew about and one I didn't. According to, what was his name, you told me about? (laughs) Uh, You talking about Upton Sinclair? Jimmy snaps his fingers. That guy. The pieces are coming together in Cole's mind. Basically, he understands that those two have a private joke regarding Upton Sinclair's book, The Jungle, about turn-of-the-twentieth-century meat factories. So that's all he needs to know. Ass and rats, essential components to the food pyramid. Damn straight! None of their appetites have been infringed upon by any of this conversation whatsoever, and Jimmy is a good cook. His pesto is very good. So they're all talking into this with contentment. Yeah, I think this is nearly as good as what they sell in the store. Thank you. You think so? All right, because this was my first try. Jimmy's good at a lot of things in the first try. Jimmy looks over at him and tosses a wink. Caroline recognizes without asking or needing or wanting to ask that they, too, have personal humor about that. Leaves it alone. Yeah, since I got out of prison, I'm getting real cultured between the two of you guys and, you know, which, speaking of Cole... Did I remember to give you back that movie you loaned me? Oh, Labyrinth? Yeah, I got that last time I was here. Okay, cool, thanks. I'm always forgetting. I'm glad that you already picked up that movie, because I kind of wanted it out of my fucking house. Oh, really? You're not a big fan? Well, I liked the movie good enough. It was fine. I mean, I didn't have a bad time watching it, because, you know, it's David Bowie. You know, he's prancing around that leotard and shit, trying to entice this kid to come live with him in the underworld. And if it was me, I would fucking go. It's been a long time since I saw it, but that's like the plot of Peter Pan, right? Basically, I think. And he would get me in a heartbeat. Sounds awesome, lead the way, Goblin King. But then I got to thinking about it deeper, and it's actually pretty creepy. Yeah, it is. The only reason it ain't too creepy is because it's David Bowie. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that, because, you know, this guy in a leotard trying to lure children back to his creepy underworld. A guy gonna try that in real life, and there's a word for that kind of behavior, and there's a word for that kind of guy, there's a list he might end up on and a place he might end up going, you know? Uh, yes, I just had a disturbing mental image of Pops Chanfrilia. Oh, every mental image of Pops Shunfrelia is disturbing, yes. Caroline is interested in what they're talking about between them now, but Jimmy's ready to inform her. Fucking creep. It's in Angola right now, and that's exactly where he belongs. Oh. Yes. Should I ask? Crimes against children. Numerous crimes against children. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's about what I thought. Now, do you know if he actually ate one or not? Caroline puts down her fork. I don't know. Not that his actual deeds were not disturbing, but I think that part was urban legend. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought he and his pals actually made that up themselves. But... I'm real glad that I didn't have to flip on that guy, because I don't think I could have even got through a conversation. And if I did, well, I wouldn't be walking around out here today, because either I would have killed him myself on the spot, and so I would still be in prison, or... I would have ended up necking myself, because, yeah, Jimmy pinches his upper lip between his thumb and forefinger. It's a great bedtime story. So, at any rate, he told me something like he was real pissed off that he was in there for murdering little boys, because he told me he'd done a bunch of them, But he only killed the one. And it was because that one was going to rat. And I said, Pops. What's an eight-year-old going to rat on that you got to kill him for? And this motherfucker looked at me and he said, well, Jimmy, if you don't know, it's probably better that you don't find out. And I agreed. (laughs) Hmm. So I think. Whether he killed one or he killed a bunch, he Jeffrey dahmer any single one of them or none, he's exactly where he ought to be for the rest of his life. And fortunately, the parole board agrees with me. So the children of Southern Louisiana are safe from him, at least. Hmm. Caroline picks her fork up again, goes back in for her pasta. I mean, she's still hungry. Yeah, I think we're about on the same page. I would kill them too. So, you think having chronic nightmares makes you crazy? Do you mean is it a symptom of mental illness? Or can it drive someone to mental illness? Because maybe, and. Yes. I mean, because I had a dream that it was Labyrinth, but instead of David Bowie in the leotard, it was Larry Hall. Oh, in a leotard? Thankfully, no. I was just picturing him in that jumpsuit that we were all wearing. You know, the one that clings to a man's ass. Yes, those. But, um, yeah. Broke the spell for me. No more Goblin King on my list of people to follow merrily into the underworld. Because, I mean, that's basically what he was doing. Luring little comely young girls into the underworld with him. and Never letting them back out. So, yeah, I kind of want to have nothing to do with that ever again. Jimmy, too, has paused in his dining, and he's looking at his plate. He reaches for his drink instead. Hey, sorry. But he really needn't be. Cole isn't bothered. And now Caroline's a bit intrigued. So, you went there. You want to bring me along? What, to the underworld? I mean, because I don't know nothing about this guy. You want to tell me so I get a better understanding? Alright, so, you get a picture in your mind of David Bowie. Then basically the opposite of that. He's Caucasian. Larry Hall. Heavy set But that's not what makes him ugly, you know? He's got this affect that's, like, childlike, but menacing at the same time? Kind of like Chucky, you know, the evil doll. Okay? But this great big hulking man, and he's got these sideburns on his face. That's what they're called, right? I mean, I should know. He told me a hundred fucking times. Yeah, yeah, sideburn. Okay. So, he's got this shit on his face that doesn't help him out any. And he used to be a Civil War reenactor, which is kind of creepy as shit, honestly. The more I think about it, I'm never going to look at any of those guys ever the same again. Yeah, they're an interesting bunch to begin with. And his hands are like... Jimmy holds up one of his own hands and stares at it. Size a fucking baseball bat. At least that's what it felt like having one of them around my neck. Cole raises his eyes to look at Jimmy. Jimmy's still looking at his own hand. And I might be one of the few people who lived to have a memory of that. Me and I guess one or two women that were lucky enough to survive. Probably because they were a little old for his taste maybe. So either he wasn't committed enough to fully taking him over the threshold into the afterlife or they were a little too strong to die that easy. Jimmy puts his fingers together and places all five of them against his lip. Yeah, <laughs> You want to have nightmares now, too? Well, um... You're welcome. I'm sorry. Caroline has her hands folded in her lap now, and she's just looking at Jimmy sympathetically. That's the one you helped put away, right? Larry Hall? Goblin King of the Underworld? Yeah, that was him. Caroline smiles. Because she's genuinely happy about what she's about to say. Well, then good. Young girls of Southern Louisiana safe from him, too. Because of you. Young girls of America, really, because he got around. But... Yeah. I just wish that I'd been able to do something about it sooner. Yeah, well, don't we all? But as long as he's in there now, I mean, it don't help the girls he already took. But trust me, there are plenty more out there, and they don't deserve none of that either. No, nobody does. I mean, if you could convince the Larry Halls and the Pops, Sean Freely is of the world, to go after each other, that would be amazing. That would solve, like, all of our problems. But unfortunately, they're not each other's types. You know, they want pretty young things. Ah, fuck them. Jimmy hears himself saying the words pretty young things and immediately can't look at either of the other people at the table. He's looking at the ceiling. He's looking at the wall. He's looking into the other room. Then he realizes there's basically nowhere left to look. And the person he's trying to avoid looking at the most is himself. So he just goes back to trying to finish his dinner. Cole is watching him. Not necessarily with concern. Just keeping an eye. And Caroline decides that she will keep the vessel of this interaction afloat, and she's using a noodle to pick up some of the pesto that's left on her plate. She says, "Well, I've been a young girl in the world, maybe even a comely young thing, depending on who you ask. And I met a couple of goblin kings myself. They're out there, yeah." But I didn't have too much trouble with the movie because, well, ain't none of the ones I met nearly as comely looking as David Bowie. <laughs> and I think I understood a little bit why somebody would go with him. Probably because when you're a teenager, comely young thing, and maybe you don't know love too much, whether because it ain't been shown you at home or because... You're just young and dumb. There's an older man that's real handsome. And he's paying you attention. He's telling you things that you don't hear. You want to hear. And especially if you also want to get out of your home. Whether because you're not welcome there or because you're just bored or whatever. Then I can see how that might be enticing. So I get it. Why a girl might want to go. Jimmy looks at her. But not you, though. No, it wasn't my scene. Maybe if any of them had been (laughs) handsome on the leotard and all. I don't know. Probably still not. Some of them, they did try to take me, but I wouldn't go. Really? Yeah, I put up a fight, kicking and screaming and all that. So, none of them got too far. She also glances off away from her companions. Both of them feel like there might be something in that silence that is going unsaid, but they too leave it alone.